welcome to I've Made a Huge Mistake, Season 5, Episode 7, Rom Trom. The episode was directed by Troy Miller and written by Maggie Rowe, uploaded with the first half of Season 5, along with all of these other episodes. This, of course, is the penultimate episode in this particular run. It is just me by myself for this episode, as it was with Episode 3, and probably will be with Episodes 11 and 15. Spoiler alert for anyone following along. We start this episode with uh, Michael <laughs> visiting uh, with Buster along with Barry. The narrator says that the family accept Lucille visit Buster, although obviously we only see Michael and Barry. Um, and I like the exchange where Michael says to Buster, she said to make up the reason why she didn't come. And of course he says, but I'm going to allow you to do that. And Buster in his mind makes up a reason that is too cruel. Um, so he says that it's because she hates Michael. Um, uh, now Michael thinks that Lucille has made a deal with the other Lucille and they are stashing them, stashing Lucille somewhere or she's gone somewhere with the agreement to the Blue family. Obviously, if you've seen the full season, you know that is not correct. And there is some discussion about the beach house, uh, which apparently Barry had referred to as the frolicking beach house, although he said a different F word. And Michael comes up with a plan to say they have some evidence. And this is where Barry comes up with, I don't know if I can call it a running joke. It is a joke that recurs throughout this episode alone. Uh, he keeps saying, uh, you know, let's say they've located the stair car and it's got two heads, one bald, one spiky. Um, now, the, the funny thing is, you know, we'll find out later on in the episode this is actually correct. But Michael keeps playing along and saying that this is this is a you know fake evidence. This is this they haven't got this evidence. It's not real. You know, make up this story. And of course, Barry, uh, in he wants to go with head in a box, um, but Michael doesn't want to go with that. He wants to go with something slightly more realistic. So Barry just basically gives him the actual truth without Michael realizing that it is the truth. Without Michael realizing that it is the truth. And after the credits, we see that the family are meeting at the cottage, uh, which Michael has texted everyone about, not realizing, of course, that George Michael didn't know that the cottage wasn't theirs. So of course, he thinks that it's being rented. Uh, which maybe corrects him on, but she also pretends that she didn't know that they owned this cottage. Um, although some marks on the wall, uh, you know, tracking her height over the years, obviously, as she's visited the cottage, uh, kind of give that away. And I like here how George Michael talks about uh, the Howard family, although, of course, he doesn't want to use the word family because they're people that actually like each other. Uh, and I like that the Blues are so corrupt that to them, family is a bad word. <laughs> so... Um, you know, this is where we get some kind of um, some speculation from Maybe, uh, which she will come up with a number of terms l later on uh, where, she, you know, she's just kind of lying out loud. Uh, she calls it speculating. Um, and she, she seems to think that, you know, Michael was in Mexico with Rebel. Um, and George Michael makes this funny gag in reference to Maybe's uh, relationship with Stan Sitwell where he, he says, did he finish eating that ice cream cone after I looked away? Obviously, George Michael was kind of disgusted by the way that Stan Sitwell was eating an ice cream. We briefly jump to the Sitwells um, and Stan saying that Sally should take over the campaign and run against Lindsay. Um, you know, even though he, he knows um, through his girlfriend, um, which of course is maybe that that Lindsay isn't in town and they're still running the campaign without her. Uh, which, again, I have to feel is a very big meta joke about the fact that Portia de Rossi, of course, was not contracted to appear in more than a handful of episodes. So, of course, she, you know, she hasn't been seen for at least three or four episodes at this point. Um, and then uh, we get once we go back to the cottage, 
um, after Michael had his discussion with Barry about you know what they're going to set up, um, he he says you know say what you want about Ron Howard, but he isn't a Nazi sympathizer. <laughs> of course, the narrator goes, "Oh, gee, thanks." Uh, which I, I I just kind of I kind of love the um, the breaking of the fourth wall from the narrator on a few of these occasions. Michael is trying to get Lucille to visit Buster, but uh, you know the July Fourth parade is coming up and it's being held on the second, uh, which is a way of stopping reprisals from. Um, Cinco de Cuatro, where of course um, you know the residents of uh, of of the OC, uh, they use up all the you know the fireworks and everything so that they can't be used up for uh, Cinco de Mayo. And <laughs> the the plan is that you know anybody any Mexicans trying to buy up fireworks for the July the third parade won't find any because they're being used up on the second. Um, and we get this kind of weird exchange here with Job where you know. He 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 kind of just interjects and says, you know, says that he can't do any magic on the blue float this year at the July second parade, um, and he ends up in this kind of weird thing where he keeps hearing people say the word Tony Wonder, but nobody else is actually saying it. And this is where he first brings up a Willy Wony, um, which I think they refer to in the next episode as well. You know, it, it kind of it's a, it becomes a magician's term as as do a lot of these kind of things, um, but instead he will be you know part of the uh, Laguna closets float uh, because of course he has bought them up uh, because while he was talking to the gentleman at this this closet company um, they he basically came out to them and you know found out that there is no closet salesman uh, closet purchaser confidentiality so he buys the company and if obviously any of them talk about his relationship with Tony Wonder he will fire them um, which I don't personally think is I don't think that's a good move from Job. I mean, that opens him up to a number of lawsuits, I would think. Um, but this, you know, the fact that he's bought this company, it's it's here just as a, a setup for the next episode, where, of course, we will see, um, you know, the magic trick that he he comes up with at the end of this episode, which uh, is, is a wonderful little kind of bit of business that they do. Um, and then, you know, when Barry calls... Um, <laughs> The family are listening, so, you know, he keeps saying to Michael, you know, just say some bullshit. And, of course, Michael continues with the whole, you know, uh, pretense about the evidence, not realising, of course, it, it is the actual evidence that Lolly Dolly Dar has found. Um, and we then kind of go from that to what I will say is kind of the, the main set piece of this episode. Um, you know, outside of a few phone calls to maybe... We are then basically with kind of the Bluth boys, uh, apart from Job, uh, for the rest of the episode, and it's it's a it's a kind of interesting take. It's not it's not the same as kind of a you know a bottle episode as some of the other episodes this season have been, where they've all been you know in the uh, in the cottage or you know in one single location. But we they are all basically on this kind of dirt road heading towards Mexico, and um, you know first I I I kind of like the moment when. As they exit the house, uh, George comes out heading north in the Winnebago, as he tells his boys. Obviously, he's going south, um, trying to throw them off for some reason. And as as the three generations are together, he goes, oh, who's got a camera? And of course, uh, you know, George Michael goes to take a picture. And George says, oh, it's just an expression, as he, as he quickly gets into the Winnebago, uh, which I just find funny that, like... It, I, it's not. It's not really an expression. It's but I, I, it, it, the way that uh, the way that it gets delivered is quite funny. Um, of course, this then prompts Michael to uh, say that he is going east, um, and 
so, sorry, no, he says he's going west to the beach, and then he changes this to east, and then he changes it once again to northeast. The funny thing here, of course, is he's in the self-driving car, um, which is being driven by Prismo. Uh, he's lost his keys, so he uses his voice commands to unlock the car and, and begin the journey. But as he drives off, we can hear that Prismo asks how was, and says the name of the event, <laughs> the location, and then we hear we hear them start to list the people who were present, including Gob. Um, so that joke continues, but they refer again to the frolicking cottage. Um, and of course, as soon as Michael leaves, uh, George Michael follows behind. Um, quite importantly, he's in uh, Lucille 2's uh, Cadillac. Uh, this obviously comes into play later on in this particular episode. Um, and then, of course, you know, Barry visits and, you know, he, he reveals that what he was saying about the two heads, one spiky, one bald, was, was not a lie. That's the actual evidence they've got. You know, he wanted to go with head in a box, uh, but unfortunately, he wanted to go with head in a box. But obviously, Michael ended up going with the actual truth, uh, which I it's kind of the fact that Michael thought that Barry was making this lie up off the top of his head when obviously he wasn't. This, of course, leads us then to uh, a phone call from Maybe, um, where she is trying to find out how to <laughs> suppress Stan's sex drive. This is this is where she she basically well you know we obviously find out that you know maybe doesn't <laughs> doesn't uh, maybe doesn't realize that estrogen and Alzheimer's are real things um, and she keeps she talks about how she was just speculating and you know she's just making stuff up off the top of her head <laughs> and trying to kind of come up with stuff um, and I think it's funny here because this is you know she reveals that she can't act too tech savvy because you know she turned a light on and now everybody calls her buttons. Um, and even as she's on this phone on this phone call, someone walks past and, and calls her buttons. Um, of course, you know George Michael say, says that they've got to stop all the lying, uh, and this leads to I think this is you know possibly a callback to something in season four where we had, you know uh, George Michael and um, you know Michael lying to each other via answer phone messages, pretending that they were both stuck in the same um, you know uh, traffic jam, and we end up with you know at the front of the queue we have um, you know George senior and he's approaching the border um and he he gets caught out uh, by michael and then of course michael uh, is caught out by george michael they all tell the same lie which is that they're going to pea soup anderson's which apparently uh, are a couple of uh, locations on the highway uh, in california um and there's a man ringing a bell and selling ice cream and of course you know they they end up all hearing the same bell and and hearing the man selling ice cream and you know they, they all basically keep lying to each other saying where they are and what they're doing um, and like I say I feel it's a bit of a callback to the the answer phone messages uh, which is probably one of my favorite bits of escalation in the previous season uh, which I don't think either of them ever admitted to the other one that they were lying in that particular case um, we cut to Job uh, and he says that you know He's he's looking to do, you know, uh, a kind of a big kind of trick on this uh, on this float. Um, you know, he suggests, you know, two guys, you know, one trick, uh, two closets, two magicians, uh, a classic two fister, you know, a, a willy wony, which <laughs> I love how that was planted earlier and then paid off pretty quickly. Um, and, you know, as as they arrived, you know, next to the, the you know, in, uh, Father Bees over the over the other side of the Mexican border, which, of course, you know, that George didn't realise that when he actually had that property before. Um, it, we, it's revealed that he's only there for the Macca because he believes that the, the Macca is the thing that has made um, the, the two of them kind of swap over. 
Um, and Michael reveals that he chased his father because he believed that um, Lucille spoke to him and said, go and cover up some evidence about Lucille. Um, and then, of course, uh, you know, it's revealed that actually she was taunting him <laughs> and kind of talking about how weak he is, uh, which leads to, you know, a kind of reference where she says, if, if you tear anything in two, then we wouldn't have this problem. <laughs> Again, uh, Jessica Walters really kind of sells the the kind of the double entendre. Tobias also ends up in Mexico. Um, you know, uh, he 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 previously had been kind of chasing down Lindsay, and he ended up back at the emu farm, uh, and he puts on the costume that uh, Marky Bark used to wear, and of course did wear in season four to try and get people away from uh, Father Bees. Um, and you know, we, it's really weird because this kind of ties up a number of loose ends from season four fortunately this is the kind of the last time that we're going to be going down to mexico which has you know been a bit of a feature of the first half of this uh, this set of episodes and obviously was a big part of the middle of season four um you know if anybody remembers you know there are a lot of episodes with uh you know with buster and job and and you know oscar and and, and michael and george all ending up in you know at father b's for different reasons um and so you know Tobias is revealed as the uh, the man in the suit, and he probably some of the the kind of the best um, kind of physical comedy, um, you know, from um, from David Cross um, as he attempts to get from the top of the hill down to the bottom, which causes the narrator to break in and tell us how Tobias and um, Murphy Brown ended up at the emu farm, how he put on the outfit. Of course, we can see the cutoffs. Um, under the outfit and this kind of gives us a flashback to when Marky Bark did this and reveals that obviously the prophecy that was given by Marky Bark about George and Oscar basically swapping places is not what has happened and as Tobias delivers the mail to to George um, we find out that in the post is his Viagra uh, which of course turns out to be estrogen and you know this is something that for the past two years uh, Lucille has been doing to her husband uh, to get his, uh, you know, to, to take down his uh, his sex drive. That kind of explains what happened. Although I, f I feel like some f I feel like some fans in season four could have figured out that anyway. Um, but you know, we we kind of get the the payoff to that finally. Um, Barry arrives and he hides in the Winnebago. Um, and while all this is going on, George Michael has already arrived and he's trying to figure out a way to to leave. And so, of course, he leaves in uh, Lucille Ostero's Cadillac, and this causes uh, Michael to to follow uh, in Tobias's car, uh, which uh, George Michael calls the Anus Cart, which I thought is, um, you know, the kind of the ultimate payoff of the A New Start uh, number plate there. And then, of course, George and um, unbeknown to him, Barry are following along in the Winnebago before they all end up going over some spikes, and all of the the tires are popped. And we find out that the, the reason for that spike strip being there is because this land is now owned by the Mexican Romneys, otherwise known as the Mexican Romney family, which of course is MRF. Um, and I think it's kind of interesting because, because uh, apparently Mitt Romney uh, was ashamed of the fact that, you know, his family obviously were, you know, in, in a few generations back were part of the Church of Latter-day Saints that believed in having more than one wife and apparently some of those were from uh, Mexico and did live in Mexico and so though you know there is effectively a branch of the Romneys which would be the Mexican Romneys. Uh, once again tying in MRF 
Um, and we f- we find out through flashback that, of course, there used to be signs around there that clearly indicated that this was f- part of the Mexican Romney family's, you know, land. Uh, but they were burned uh, in season four. And, uh, you know, you can go back and see that episode. And it, it's, there's a saying in Spanish that it is the uh, the Romney's, Romney family's land. Um, and all the signs that are on the land now do have spray painted on them MRF to kind of also once again, you know, the signs are a backup effectively. The episode ends with George saying that he never signed the land over, which is probably true. It probably was Oscar. And then, of course, the Mexican Romneys who are riding on horseback and are effectively dressed like cowboys. Uh, pull out their guns and George signs the land over to them, which finally puts pay to that storyline, which has been going on effectively since the start of season four. Um, so that is finally tied up. That is probably at this point the longest running storyline since, you know, George being accused of treason way back in season one, paying off in season three. Um, and we go to the on the next and we we have we find out that, um, you know, obviously this is this is where we see that the Job is trying to come up with the perfect trick, the perfect two-fister. Um, and <laughs> he he's he's there with the three guys, um, and they are they're trying to come up with ideas while Don't Rain on My Parade plays as he keeps smashing the models from the <laughs> from the table. Uh, each time they set the the, the kind of the, the trick up and show him the float kind of as a little tiny model, he just smashes it and gets angry and says no. Um, and the narrator says that Job and his new conversion buddies labor to design the perfect trick. And after seeing all the kind of effort that's being put into it, the narrator says, wow, now that's going to be a great show, uh, which, of course, is setting up the next episode, which will be the midpoint of the season and effectively uh, the climax that is set on July the 4th, which, of course, as we know, is now taking place on July the 2nd. I Also, something in this episode which I really liked was that there's a little bit of a uh, kind of, you know, exchange between Michael and George Michael where he's you know he wonders how Michael knew that he changed his hair in the previous episode of course we know that Michael was actually there at the you know the the actual party um, but he says something about Instagram and of course Michael says well you know I got the I got the the message on my email and even though he works effectively for Google still is completely like useless when it comes to technology um, and of course, George Michael zooms in on his Instagram post and sees Michael in the background. Um, and he wonders why, you know, he didn't tell him that he was there. Um, and there are also a few references to Motherboy, where Buster refers to Dusty as the, the kind of stand-in um, son, not realising, obviously, that there's more than frolicking going on. Um, and there is also a passing mention of Gangi, where, you know, in trying to get Stan's sex drive down by giving him estrogen... Um, you know, George Michael says that, you know, that's that's something that even Gangi wouldn't do. And of course they say, maybe asks the monster or, you know, <laughs> our, our grandmother. And of course, that you know, he says, oh, no, the monster, uh, which I think is, you know, they immediately kind of admit that Lucille would do something like this. And of course, she has done something like this. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's it's kind of, it's kind of funny. Um but yeah, you know, I I think it's this is you know this is even though this episode is almost half an hour, uh, which you know in the old days is effectively fifty percent longer than most of the the episodes from seasons one to three, uh, it still goes by at a quick pace, and we also get the you know the kind of instant setup of the whole closet trick, which is coming in the next episode. References to July the second, uh, we finally tie up Father B's stuff. Finally, that is out of the way. Um, and the stuff with the Macca and all, all of that kind of stuff from season four, which I feel some parts of it really dragged, is now finally gone. And for the second half of the season, 
um, you know, it's it's not going to be there's no good, there's not going to be any returning to Mexico. Uh, you know, those those adventures are over. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, an enjoyable episode, I think. Um, although I, you know, again, it, it's it's really odd because the it feels a little bit like you know there's not there's not that there's like one phone call to Rebel, um, you know, there's an appearance from from Murphy Brown and and Marky Bark's mom, you know, we one scene with Sally Sitwell and Stan Sitwell. It, there's not really that many guest stars. It very much feels like we're focusing on the family, which of course is something which Herbert's obviously wanting to do with this season. So, but there is nothing else to say about this episode. So I will see you on the next, and otherwise, goodbye. <laughs>